Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. After Ole Miss had a busy weekend, just in sports in general, transfer portal recruiting really started heating up, and that'll be the title of this, I, uh, I assume, is uh, transfer portal recruiting has gotten uh, gotten hot in uh, Ole Miss circles, and so uh, a couple of commitments over the weekend. Frankly, I everybody really expects one more to come any minute, so by the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened, but we know of two, and also the basketball team got a pretty significant win uh, over the weekend as well, so a busy, busy weekend in Ole Miss sports, and uh, here we're going to talk about it. On this edition of, again, the Rebel Report, please subscribe if you haven't already. Search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app. Subscribe and leave a rating and a review. I would recommend Spotify myself, but whichever one you use, you will be able to find this there. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems for all of your office technology needs. If you are a Mississippi business, anywhere in Mississippi, they've got you covered. ABSMS.com. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you. Again, ABSMS.com. Office technology. Copiers and printers, mail machines, all the way down to... Cloud storage and data security. If it's tech, if it's in the office, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. We've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. They make you their priority by having an online banking platform that is a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money like I did with my previous bank. All you need is an internet connection. They have, uh, also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so if you need a loan, if you have a loan with them and you need it serviced, you don't have to talk to somebody from Louisville, Kentucky, like I did with my previous bank. It's somebody that you get to sit down with and talk to face-to-face because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, so uh, just a quick run-through, and then we'll get to the, uh, the Sunday live chat. Ole Miss got a couple of commitments over the weekend. Chris Paul Jr., the Arkansas linebacker, not a surprise at all. Uh, it's uh, kind of funny that Ole Miss can just casually get the number one transfer portal linebacker, and it kind of flies under the radar. <laughs> That's just kind of where they are and when it comes to portal recruiting right now. Chris Paul Jr. played a ton, a ton of football for Arkansas. He's a plug-and-play starter right away, um, can get after the quarterback, and there's no doubts when it comes to a guy like him uh, whether or not you know he can play in the SEC, right? He's obviously done it, and he started in the SEC, and he's been highly effective. So you know he's got the speed and the tackling ability, and like the the, the game won't be too much for him uh, at all. Like you've seen all over the country, really, guys moving up a level or just moving from one Power Five league to the SEC and being a little bit overwhelmed. That's not going to happen with uh, with Chris Paul Jr. Also, Taz Nicholson from Illinois, a name that I had not seen in any way, shape, or form until he commits to Ole Miss and he was in Oxford. That's just kind of how portal recruiting works sometimes. Uh, both of these guys, by the way, four-star portal transfers. They were both three stars in high school, but they are now uh, four-star portal transfers. Um, the the cornerback, the defensive back from Illinois, uh, apparently got an incredibly high upside. People really, really like him. I know nothing about him. Uh, I watched some highlights after he committed, and he looks the part, certainly, uh, of an SEC defensive back. I just uh, I, I do uh, get a kick out of sometimes uh, how this portal recruiting thing works. Where I mean, I hadn't seen that name at all, and suddenly he's already transferring to uh, to Ole Miss. So those are the two that are already in the boat for Ole Miss. Uh, I think that uh, most everybody feels that they are on commit watch for Juice Wells, the South Carolina wide receiver, which would be 
an incredibly good pickup. He's an instant impact. I mean, same thing with uh, with Chris Paul Jr. You know that he can produce in the SEC, frankly, in an offense that is not as near as good as the one that he is going to be playing in at Ole Miss should he, in fact, commit to uh, the Rebels. So we'll see if that actually happens. He can play outside. He can play inside. You can be creative with him. He is a special, special talent. And um, if he does, in fact, commit to Ole Miss, that would be a really, really big deal. You also got a couple of player announcements this weekend. Caden Priestcorn announced uh, last night, right before uh, the live stream happened, which was, uh, which was a nice little touch. Thank you, Caden, for that. Uh, uh, reaffirmed that he will uh, return to Ole Miss. The Grove Collective uh, made him uh, an offer that he accepted, and he is returning to Ole Miss a huge piece in that offense, as is Jordan Watkins, who caught over 700 yards worth of passes while nursing hand surgery that he had during the season. Uh, It's still pretty impressive that he had the year that he did, considering that, again, he had a broken hand. He was wearing a cast on his hand, playing wide receiver in the SEC, and still caught over 700 yards worth of passes. Uh, We talk about both of those guys coming up here on the live stream, but that is... Yeah, a bit uh, of your uh, of your player acquisition rundown. That's not over. You're still going to get more announcements moving forward uh, from Ole Miss players that have re-upped with the Grove Collective and decided to stay. Uh, you're also getting announcements uh, of players moving on to the uh, NFL. Cedric Johnson uh, announced that after the Peach Bowl, he will uh, be shooting his shot in the NFL. And, you know, I think that he can make a roster and he is one of those players that you have just, you should, I I, I know you guys have, uh, that you should just love that he was in your program and on your team. Yeah, just uh, you, you wish an entire roster was built of people like Cedric Johnson. And um, I, some guys like him that, that are like the fringe NFL prospects, uh, character gets them on rosters. And so he, he's got that in spades. Uh, so happy for him and, and, and hope that he has... Success at the next level that he uh, absolutely deserves. Uh, you're going to get more of those uh, as well here in the coming days and weeks. Players that announce that they are, uh, you're going to get some portal additions uh, as well. I mean, uh, looking at the tracker right now, Cedric Melton, Reginald Hughes are both in the transfer portal. DeMarco Williams uh, also in the, the transfer portal as well for, uh, for Ole Miss seeking new destinations. So you're, you're going to get more of that. Uh, in the next few weeks, because that's how it works now. And so anytime that happens, we will talk about that, uh, of course, right here. But let's get into it. Here is uh, the Sunday live chat. Uh, there, we did talk uh, about some state. There were state fans in there, so so we did talk about Blake Shapin and a couple of high school commits that they have and, and stuff like that. So just heads up, there were state fans in there. Um, and so we talked about them uh, as well as a lot about Ole Miss keeping Priestcorn and, uh, and Watkins and portal recruiting and stuff like that. Good, uh, good conversation here, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow. We'll go through a couple of things first, and then I'll get to your comments, and we will uh, we'll carry on, as we always do. I'm glad you guys are here. Let's talk portal recruiting. And, guys, I finally figured out why I like portal recruiting so much beyond just, like, the content that it provides – I think it's interesting. I think the money component's interesting, but I really figured out exactly why I like it so much, and it's the immediacy of the impact that the players have. Here's what I mean by that. So Mississippi State got a quarterback commitment today. It's a big-time commitment. Don't get me wrong. State fans are excited. They should be. But it also hit me that, I mean, he's not going to play next year. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal. Same thing with Lacey, the running back that I think Ole Miss is about to get committed as well. You know, he's probably not going to play this year. So it's good. That's how you build football teams, right? You don't sign exclusively sign players that are going to help you a year later. But it's part of why Major League Baseball's draft is so uninteresting. Because these guys aren't going to play for the team for possibly years or ever. You know what I mean? So high school recruiting has lost its interest from my perspective because the the lack of immediacy. I mean, signing day is going to come here uh, not too terribly long from now. What is it, 10 days from now, I think is what it is. And 
some of those guys are going to get some playing time this year, but not many of them, like expecting any of them to be immediate impact guys um, is not always a good thing if you're hoping that freshmen can come in and play right away. But the portal players are instant impact guys, or at least they better be in most of the cases. That's why I like it so much. Like Ole Miss gets Chris Paul Jr. committed this weekend. He's going to start for them next year. Barring some kind of crazy, like, other signature or whatever that they're, they're coming, this is somebody that you can, like, watch the highlights and see how they fit because they're going to impact next year's team. Mississippi State got committed uh, Blake Shapin, the quarterback. He's going to play this year. And so it's so much different to me because of the immediacy, and that's why it excites me so much, and that's why I try to convince you guys to like it so much because these are players that you're going to watch play right away instead of hope two years from now they can be impactful, if uh, if that makes sense. So I've I finally pinpointed why I like it so much, guys. I've finally centered in on why I like the portal recruiting. It's because these are guys that are going to play right away, that they're going to impact teams right away, and that is far more interesting to me than players that you might see three or two years from now if you're lucky. So that's number one. And number two, uh, we will get to uh, the uh, the first comments about Ole Miss returning guys, and there's a lot to discuss there uh, as well. But um, I, I want to bring this up in case it doesn't get brought up in chat. Um, is it just me, or is Jeff Lebby being set up to fail uh, by unrealistic expectations? And I'm not talking about really the fans either, if we're being honest. So, um, like when Blake Shapin commits to Mississippi State, some people viewed that as like a failure or wait, there's no way that that guy can start or, or whatever, because I understand the Gabriel conversation because Dylan Gabriel was just, uh, I mean, really flourishing in a Jeff Levy offense. So that connection makes sense. But when you, you got people talking about Cam Ward, which is not going to happen, it was never going to happen. That was not realistic in any way. Wasn't going to happen. And now that I said that, it's going to happen and I'm going to look really stupid. But when when your conversations are centered around Dylan Gabriel is the floor, or, I mean, even Kyle McCord, the guy that just won 11 games in his first, he started 12 games in his life, won 11 of them, and was incredibly efficient and led Ohio State to an access bowl, is the floor in your portal quarterback search. And you have those conversations, and then when you get a guy that started for multiple years at a Power 5 school that has some skill and talent, everybody's like, wait, what the hell? This doesn't make any sense. This kid's terrible. And so the the Blake Shapin's not even given a chance by some. I, I know there are some fans that are completely bought in, and, and as you should be, by the way. This kid hasn't played a snap, and already it's looked at as a failure. And it's, I think it's because overinflated expectations have led to disappointment in something that it fits. It makes sense. And they're still looking for portal quarterbacks. I don't think that they are done. But if Cam Moore doesn't happen, it's not a failure. That was such a long shot. Having that conversation felt a little ridiculous to me. And it's the same thing with the defensive coordinator search. I mean, all the conversation was around Tom Allen and DJ Durkin. And when it ends up being Coleman Hutzler, when when you look at his resume, it's good, man. Like, there, there's a chance that he's really good. Now, of course, there's a risk that he doesn't have any experience uh, as a solo play caller. But when you're talking about things like a guy that just got a $15 million buyout as a head coach or, or a guy like Durkin – when those options were not guaranteed, Hutzler is seen as a failure from Jeff Levy. And, you know, games will start and they'll beat up on Eastern Washington, or not Eastern Washington, Eastern Kentucky, and, and things will settle in a little bit. But I feel like the the disappointment around what has happened with, with Levy so far is is kind of unfair to him, quite frankly. He's taking over a rebuild. Um, Dylan Gabriel was very likely going to go somewhere that could win a championship in year one. That is not how you describe Mississippi State. 
Cam Ward is going to be pursued by every quarterback needy team in the country, including championship contenders. Didn't really seem likely. Like Shapin's a guy that started multiple years at a Power 5 school. And the, the reaction to his addition to the roster, I thought, was unfair. Very similar to like what Michigan media did to Shea Patterson. I, I know it's different, but hear me out. So when Shea Patterson committed to Michigan, there was a Michigan media outlet that said that he was national championship or bust. And that is so incredibly unfair. It was, and, and we talked about it on the radio show. I know that. How incredibly unfair that is to Shea Patterson because he wasn't a championship winning quarterback. But yet those expectations were put on him. And so he was uh, automatically going to fail because he was never going to achieve that level of success. When you start talking about Cam Ward, Cam Ward, Cam Ward, and Jeff Levy doesn't sign Cam Ward, the fans are going to wonder, why did he fail? And that's not that's not at all the reaction that should happen if Jeff Levy doesn't get a Gabriel Cam Ward or Kyle McCord, right? That's not how it should be, in my opinion. If he gets one of those, then celebrate, throw a parade. But if he doesn't, it's not a failure. But because that's how people were talking about it, it's being looked at one by some. And I don't think that's particularly fair. It's going to take a couple of years for – it's a build. And in the portal era, it's not four-year builds anymore. It's two-year builds, or at least that's what it should be. But to not expect there to be growing pains early on with a rookie head coach when you're having to retool an entire roster in the expanding SEC is not fair. I, I think that there there has been some discourse around Jeff Levy that is not fair to him, frankly. And here I am. You, you know, the, the daggum Ole Miss homer defending Mississippi State's coach. But you can't say that I'm not fair. Anyway, so let's get to your comments. And, uh, and yeah, have a good night. Appreciate you guys being here. First one, Jackson Dark, Quinchon Judkins, Jordan Watkins, Deion Smith, Caden Priestcorn on offense next year. Give me that all day. It is, um, yes, that is the thing about Ole Miss, too, which um, – I don't know if it's going to get his due or not. I think it will because Kiffin brings uh, that kind of attention. But what is going to be good about Ole Miss going into next year is not necessarily who they portal. Now, there sounds like they're going to get uh, juice. Maybe they don't. It just it sounds like it. We'll see. Um, but it's not about who they're going to portal at the skill positions. Really, they need to get offensive line help. But it's what they have already known. Ole Miss going into 2024 is going to get a lot of hype and it's going to be deserved because it's going to be a team filled with players that you already know exist well and can win in that system, right? It's third-year quarterback. It's third-year running back. It's Jordan Watkins. It's high-level tight end, right? And now you're looking at the defensive line. It's Pegues. Maybe Ivy comes back. You've got Centarian Perkins at linebacker now mixed with Chris Paul Jr. You've got pieces all over this team coming back that are known commodities. And so every time they add a portal guy, it is an addition to what is already a team that is set up to have an extremely good 2024. That's what's going to be. So so there are going to be people in this state, under, I, I get it, that are going to get fed up with the Ole Miss hype. It's going to happen. Uh, we we get text into our show every day. We're going to hear about how it's ridiculous that Ole Miss is being hyped this much and stuff. They're going to be a preseason top 10 team, not because of who they portal necessarily, but because of who they're returning on top of what they bring in. It's a, a unique situation in this day and age where they will be returning a three-year starting quarterback with a three-year running back with a – I mean – You've got fifth-year guys all over this offense, and and that will um, that will carry a lot of weight when all the preseason stuff is happening, and that's why I'm, I'm going to be really high on the team going into next year because it's so much known. There, there's no, well, if this happens, then they will do this. You know, you, um, sorry, uh, you know what they have because you've seen them in the uniform in the system already having success. 
Even with inflation and more competition in the portal, Kiffin and company are still making great moves. Yeah, and they are definitely, definitely not done. No, they they are not done as of this moment. But um, yeah, they're really set up well. I mean, they, they, when when I talk about the collective being organized and well funded, that's not lip service. It, it is absolutely true. The organization is really the most important thing. Uh, you know, there, there's a good bit of money there as well, obviously. I mean, you're seeing the fruits of that. There, it, It's well-funded, but the organization, the structure of it, um, the, the, the people that put it together um, and planned all of it, it it's um, <laughs> not – how should I word that? No, I was about to say it's not similar to, every, to most people. No, that's a very poor way to put it. Um, they are ahead of most when it comes to structure and organization and stuff like that. And, and you're seeing that. I mean, it's an attractive program at the moment as well. You know, I mean, winning breeds attention and, and people want to be affiliated with something that's exciting and fun. But in this era, you can't do much without money. And so clearly uh, those things are true. I haven't just been saying that. There's truth to it, and you're seeing that now. What do I think about the four-star quarterback that committed to State? That That's an important one. That That is uh, that is a guy that State wouldn't have signed without Lebby. Um, he identified him right away. That, that was a big-time pickup. I mean, had major national offers. Uh, I wouldn't expect him, Kobe, to, to play right away. I mean, there's a reason that they they got shaping. There's a reason that I assume that they are still shopping for portal quarterbacks. There's like 100 in there. Uh, so I, I assume they're still trying their hardest to get like DJ to, to visit or somebody like that. Um, but, no, it's a big pickup. It, it's very important to establish quarterback recruiting. But that's when I said when Lebby got hired, right? You shouldn't be surprised by his ability to to get – quarterbacks that's something that you knew he was going to be able to do when uh, when he got to state was to to sign blue chip quarterbacks and and there you are I mean just a couple weeks into the job he's, he's getting one committed so yes that was a, a very very big pickup I would not expect to see him play this year but that's okay that's not what high school quarterbacks should be doing as true freshmen anyway watching from Fort Bliss Texas thank you man appreciate you glad that you're here Anthony You've heard mixed things on Trey Harris returning. It's looking like Ole Miss lands Juice Wells, so pairing him with Watkins and a returning Trey Harris is one of the best wide receiver groups in the country. Yeah, I, I don't know where things stand yet. I, I know, I mean, it's obvious. It's not like I know anything different than all of you, but I know they've been working on it, that they want him back. Um, I don't think that uh, there's like a second-round grade on him in the NFL, so maybe the NIL package is is enough paired with the ability to uh, gain some draft stock. Because unlike um, Dayton Wade, there are things that I think Harris can do to improve his his draft status. I, I think Wade um, just needed to go because he had a great season and he's got his health and the, the things that are going to keep him down – are, are not going to change in, in an offseason. I think Trey Harris can show a little bit more and improve a little bit more. I don't know where things stand right now, uh, to be honest with you. But, yes, if he comes back with, with Harris and then in Juice, that's, I mean, that is an experienced offense that you know can win high-level football games. Proud Borky Show subscriber right here. Yeah, how about the Basket Bear Sharks? That. <laughs> Um, there, there's something to be said about how they keep winning, right? Uh, they, they've every game has been close, but one, and it was a dominating win over NC State. But uh, very clearly, they are comfortable. Even though today, using the word comfortable after their performance today feels um, in, inaccurate because they were sloppy with the ball, they couldn't break the press, they missed free throws down the stretch, on and on, but. The, uh, the the closeness of the games and the ability to overcome them has been really impressive. I think that speaks to coaching, most especially. Uh, they are calm in those moments. They make winning plays in those moments. You've got a lot of veteran guys on that team, so that helps as well. I mean, they're going to lose games because basket in basketball you lose games, and the SEC is really, really tough. But um, 
they're gaining valuable experience by winning close games like this. I think it counts and it matters, right? UCF is going to be a, a possibly a quad one win for them because it's on the road. Uh, they're going to be right there on that bubble, it looks like. So um, they go on the road, not exactly a raucous environment, but still they go on the road. They really don't shoot well at all in the second half. They turn the basketball over. They miss free throws, and yet they still make the right play at the right time. And, I mean, they're a gritty, tough basketball team, man, and they are extremely well coached. They're, there's no other way around it. Chris Beard at the moment is getting every ounce of juice out of that orange. And, I mean, they're they're tough, man. I mean, they're they're going to lose games, but everybody loses games. It's basketball. Uh, but they're setting themselves up to be playing meaningful games in February. And that's really all anybody could have asked for, right? The NFL refs have all got to be fired. Yeah, I agree with Patrick Mahomes uh, on that. Don't throw the flag there. I understand that he was a uh, right there when it's so marginal on something that doesn't impact the play in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't think you throw the flag there. I, I just let the players win the game. Let the players win the game, and they didn't. I can't stand it. I know the TV ref is going to come on to defend that, but I just I don't think you throw a flag there. He's his foot. Is is in line with the football at the snap. I just I don't know. I I, I don't like that at all. Thoughts on state's flurry of four star commitments and possibly could add two more in Stonka and Daniel Hill. Yeah, Burnside's gonna go to state, it sounds like, huh? Um, I mean that that had to have been priority one for Jeff Lebby, at least I think. It, having to you've got to lock down somebody in your backyard like that. You know, a talented a young player like that who is in your town, you've got to do everything you can to keep him. And so if that's what ends up being the case, and that's what it sounds like, um, th- that's something that had to be done. And it, I, I commend Levy and staff for, for getting that done. And also, I mean, if we're being honest, the Bulldog Initiative, because that's how these things, that's how these things work now. But yeah, they had a good weekend. Uh, they, they did. Um, they need to be a lot more active in the portal. Uh, high school recruiting is going to help them two years from now, but the the roster needs kind of an overhaul. So I'm very curious uh, over the next few days and, and coming weeks, Hunter, uh, who they're able to get into to visit out of the transfer portal. Because, I mean, as you know, they they need every position at this point, frankly, uh, if they're going to be uh, competitive next year. And so it's a good start. Locking down a guy in your backyard that's that talented. It's a, it's a good thing. Had to be done. Getting a quarterback, very important. Had to be done. But now the portal needs to heat up for state, uh, frankly, right now. Um, and in the coming weeks, they've got to to really start bringing guys in and getting some commitments from portal guys uh, here soon. Um, because it's started now, obviously. And so they need to kind of get in on the game as uh, as well, which I, I don't think that they won't be, but that's got to begin. But so far, so good. After the pre-scorn announcement, you were hoping that I would be on. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, he's huge, man. He, and he's huge for a couple of reasons. Obviously, he helps the offense and knock on wood, knock on wood, uh, he doesn't get hurt in training camp where he has to miss the four, first four weeks of the season. Um, he really helps that offense in a lot of ways. I mean, he's a good pass catcher, obviously. Um, physical, can run block. But I think his biggest value for that team is upstairs. It's leadership. It's maturity. It's um, when you're cycling guys in and out because of the portal, guys like him still being in your locker room can be culture setters. And so good player, don't get me wrong, like important player to that team, very important. But having somebody with that experience level and that maturity in the locker room is very, very important. Um, getting a guy that's even slightly more talented than him out of the portal, I'm, I mean, certainly can help, don't get me wrong, but having uh, that guy, that individual guy in your locker room is extremely important. So locking him up was a big deal for Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be undefeated going into conference play. Honestly, I wish I could tell you the uh, the schedule uh, from here, I don't know it. I've been so locked into uh, football and portal recruiting that I, I don't know the basketball schedule as well as I should. Um, 
I usually like have those things memorized and and I don't. We're also getting the football schedules this week, by the way, guys. I think on Wednesday, I think Wednesday we're getting the schedules. And so what we're going to do, uh, we will go live Wednesday night uh, this week. So keep that in mind. We'll go we'll go live Wednesday for the uh, the schedule release. I believe it's Wednesday. We'll go live Wednesday uh, right after it's over. Uh, I've got to, I'll have to put my son to bed. Um, and so it'll be like eight o'clock uh, after that. Um, we'll go live and, and we'll talk schedule. So Ole Miss is playing Cal in uh, San Antonio next Saturday. Troy, Southern Miss, Bryant. Yeah, yeah, they will. They'll be favored. Yeah, they'll be undefeated going into conference play. I would like to see Deion Smith uh, do it before. I, I know he's talented. I know people are super duper high on him. I get it, but. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about him as much as Watkins and Wells and Priest Corn and Harris if he comes back, just because I would like to see it first before I start talking about how he's on par with those guys, if that makes sense. You heard that Ole Miss is entertaining, allowing Chris Marshall to return. Not how, Not sure how you feel about that. I have not heard that myself. I haven't heard that myself. Um, that is an interesting – I don't – that is a risk. That that is a risk because that's that is a risk. Um, I I assume though it would be extremely cheap though. I can't imagine he's getting many, much nil package to to go anywhere at uh, at this rate. So maybe it's a a finances thing. You take a flyer and I don't know. I have not heard that myself. I'll uh, I'll ask the few people that I know if they've heard anything about that because I have no idea. Is Blake Shapin going to be the state quarterback? He thought the narrative was they were going big game hunting for Dylan Gabriel or someone sillier, someone similar. Not impressed by Shapin. I, I think they're still, I think I think they're still working on that. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly believe that they really tried to, to go after Dylan Gabriel as they should have. Uh, you had the connection there. Uh, I think they should try uh, on on DJ Uyunglele. Uh, it sounds like he's going to Florida State, but things can change. Uh, I mean, I, I would try on Kyle McCord. I, I would try on a lot of these guys. Um, but as of this moment, it, it seems like those guys are going to go elsewhere. Again, things change. You know, Cam Ward has got a lot of options. Um, most people think DJ's going to Florida State, but what if that doesn't work out? You know, there's a chance that they're there. Uh, Kyle McCord was in uh, Lincoln visiting Nebraska this weekend. But, uh, I mean, Shapin has has started multiple years, or has starts in multiple years, I should say. Um, I, I think that they've got him, uh, but they're still trying. Uh, they're still trying for, for others. I just, I think that they have swung and missed on at least the, the first options, which is okay. I mean, that you you should go big game hunting and and also be willing to sign guys like Blake Shapin in case you miss. I I don't hate it at all. Yeah, I saw that that picture you're talking about. He said obviously nothing is final, but if Levy pulls off that picture of the four-star quarterback, uh, four-star running back, two four-star wide receivers and a five-star wide receiver, that's a huge get for state. It may not happen. But it's at least viably positive. That alone doesn't happen at state for anyone ever. That's the reason to be excited. Yeah, so I guess it's uh, the the five star receiver is next year's uh, class, right? So that's that's a long fight. But um, yeah, a lot of talent in that photo, and they're going to get it at least most of them, right? So it's a good start. It, it is a it's a very good start. Um, absolutely. And and there's your question exactly. Who are they going after in the portal to win this season? They had a mass exodus on the roster. They can't just concentrate on a quarterback. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they need everything, right? I, I mean, Marks is gone. They need a running back. The receivers are gone, um, so they need those. They need offensive line help. They need defensive line help. They lost both of their linebackers. They lost like the entire secondary. I mean, they need everything. They they, they need immediate impact help at every spot via transfer portal. So, I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. That's not, you know, we, we said that, I forget what day it was, but 
we had one person text about how you guys are just really down on state right now. And, and it's, it's not that it's just the truth. I mean, it, it wasn't a good team and they lost at least an impact player at every position. So you have to replace those. It's just reality. It, it's, it's just the truth. They need to add players at every position. We saw the expectations negatively affect every state coach who followed Mullen. You like the shape and pickup? There's no need to empty the war chest on a big-ticket quarterback with all that needs to be turned over in Starkville. Shaping can be a bridge while the foundation gets laid. It's good perspective. Good to see you, Chase. Glad we're not talking about playoff expansion. So Penn State has lost Chop Robinson and Manny Diaz for the Peach Bowl. Things looking more positive for Ole Miss there. Yeah, they're uh, I guess they're tight end, I believe, as an NFL guy decided to declare for the draft but play in the game. So that's something to uh, to keep an eye on, I suppose. But yeah, those are two big opt-outs if you count a coach leaving as uh, as an opt-out. But yeah, Chop was going to have, uh, and I'm being serious, three to five sacks in the game, I think. Um, the, the Ole Miss would not have been able to block him. He, he's special, and his get-off is special. And uh, The Big Ten was lucky he spent most of the year hurt because he is a dude. He is a dude. Just looked at skate, state schedule for next year. If they go 5-7, and seven, they will be lucky, but it's a complete rebuild. It, there, there might be some growing pains in year one for sure. They aren't going to be in a position to have a big year next year. They just aren't. I like Parsons and the new Van Buren kid and high talent, skilled players getting a low stakes year of getting the, and where's your, there it is, system in place. You're just looking for strides. That's all. Get an exciting system in place. Start building culture. I love hashtag showtime. That's more important than throwing $2 million at DJ Uliangalale. You are not alone in that sentiment for sure. Getting back to a bowl should be the goal. Beat Arkansas and one other team and win the four non-con schedule is tough. Yeah, and they're at Arizona State this year uh, as well. And I know Arizona State had a down year, um, but that's not easy at all, you know. So, Lebby has to build a program. This isn't a one-year turnaround, which people might not want to accept. They need to because that's what it is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if uh, if Rippy hangs out with Prescorn or anything, but I do know that he is impeccably sourced when it comes to um, not just Prescorn. I think that he's he's had good sourcing on a lot of stuff there. He's he's yeah. DJU isn't even worth $2 million. I agree. He's fine, but he's not a game changer. He's not a $2 million quarterback. If that's what he's asking for, then thanks, but no thanks. It's not realistic to expect a high-level transfer with one year left to sign up for a rebuild. It's okay to have a stopgap guy as you lay the foundation. And he's not been in the best situation either. I mean, I think he's a talented guy. You know, is, is he... Is he as talented as even uh, Kyle McCord? Well, no, but can you do good things with Blake Shape? And absolutely you can. I thought the reaction was based on unfair foundations being laid by people. There's young raw talent in the portal, but now that Dylan Gabriel's committed to what? has committed what elite quarterback can come in and be the guy for any program right now. I wouldn't consider Kyle McCord one. He's just okay. No, McCord's not one. That's why he's visiting Nebraska. But, I mean, former five-star, really talented, just couldn't unlock it in his first year starting at Ohio State. I mean, it's Cam Ward. Um, There's a couple of guys that were like high-profile high school recruits that haven't really played much yet that are in the portal. Um, like the guy from UCLA, for example. I think he's going to go to Michigan, right? Isn't that where he's going to end up? I, I saw that Grayson McCall was visiting UCF today. Uh, he was at the basketball game uh, with uh, with Gus. That's interesting. Um, no, the, the portal's filled with quarterbacks, but not many that you're like, whoa, got to go have that guy, you know? Not many of them anyway. Ole Miss basketball is 
1,378 and 1,384 all-time. You'd love to see Chris Beard get them back on the plus side of 500 for the first time in 50 years or so. Oh, that's going to happen, I think, this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they've got to be six games above 500 from here on out. So if they win their next conference game, may not happen this year. May not happen this year, but it will happen. Shapin has been a successful quarterback at a major college level before injury stalled his career. The four- and five-star wide receivers are guys who can play early, especially with State's roster situation. That is true. I mean, you know, if Burnside does go to State, there's a chance that he's on the field right away, depending on how they portal. So, like we've seen with AM, you can't just portal guys in to solve all the problems immediately. A great recruit like Jackson Dart still has to be developed. Yeah. And it's it's not just getting players. It's getting the certain players, right? I mean, uh, you've seen um, guys make the jump from, like, the MAC to the SEC and be really good. And you've seen guys make the jump from the MAC to the SEC and it be too much for them. I mean, it's you're still recruiting and evaluating and trying to figure out fit and things of that nature. Um, I think character has to play into it as as well. I mean, that that's certainly part of this. It's, you know, there are guys that are in the portal for a reason. Some, you know, maybe wanted to move closer to home. Some guys are really performing in a lesser conference and want to move up a level. There are some guys that are in the portal because they're trouble, right? And, and you've seen that at Ole Miss. Ole Miss signed a guy that two guys, uh, at least two, that, were trouble at their previous stops, but were talented enough to take the risk, and they continued to to be trouble. And you know that's what some of these portal guys are. So it's a, a multifaceted uh, thing, right? You've got to make sure they they're good enough. You got to make sure they fit. You got to make sure that that they're not going to be cancers in the locker room. You know there are downsides to portal players as well. I think their their hit rate is far better than a high school player, though. And, you know, there, there used to be this, this talking point about, well, Ole Miss is doing it wrong building through the portal because you can't build through the portal and you've got to build through high school and look at them now and it seems to be working. You just have to find the right guys. But the hit rate has got to be higher on portal players because you've seen them play in college already. You know what they're capable of. Juice Wells is... The player is phenomenal. You just don't like all the stuff you heard coming out of Carolina with him being healthy and just not playing. Uh, Jess, I would encourage you to believe half of what you hear uh, and even less so from people that are mad that their best player is leaving. Um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe there is truth to that. But when, when again, when, when people are mad because they're being spited, they say things that aren't always completely true. So. You really liked what I had to say about the down year in the conference. There's been a shift in the programs taking advantage of a new era in college football so far. Yeah, and and some of the people in response to that were splitting hairs about, well, this year is down because the S&P Plus says Georgia is eight points worse than they were last year. It's like, okay, you've you've completely already lost the plot right there. You know, as much as everybody else knows, if the league was the exact same, with the exact same non-conference record and the exact same everything, but Auburn and Ole Miss's seasons were flipped and Missouri and Florida seasons were flipped, not a single person, not one, would be talking about a down year in the conference. Not one person. So you can talk about the what the algorithm says, and that's fine, whatever. You wouldn't be talking about it if those two brains were flipped. This era of college football has changed things. People are so far behind catching up to the reality of what it is now. It's not about tradition. Tradition is dead. It doesn't matter anymore. It's useless. It's pointless. It's done. It does not matter. Tradition in college football doesn't matter. What you did in 2003 means nothing about today. What you did in 2013 means nothing about today. What you did in 2018 means nothing about what you can do today. It's that simple. Things have changed. The it, it it's not about brand or history anymore. It's simply about money and momentum. 
That's it. Did I ever see 106 points coming for state basketball? No, not at all. Especially a, a, a much better uh, opponent than Southern in Tulane. Yeah, that was a that was a very angry state team. You could you could kind of tell. Ole Miss and Missouri have stepped up their programs overall and are making bold and smart moves. Absolutely, but they can't get credit for that. It has to be because it has to be because everybody else is down. Like somebody, I saw somebody make a great point. The, the people that were disagreeing with me, it, it's almost like they forgot that there are only so many wins to go around in a football season. Think about it. On a SEC Saturday where everybody plays each other, there's only seven wins to be had, and there's seven losses to be had. So if Ole Miss and Missouri are taking a couple more of those wins that they usually don't, that means the other teams are taking more losses. That like that that has to happen. There's only so many wins that can be had. Anyway, do I think that the defensive lineman high school recruit sticking with Arkansas possibly means Ole Miss reached a deal with the portal defensive lineman? I don't think those two things are connected um, at all. I, I don't think that. Uh, no, I don't think that they're connected. Um, but that doesn't mean that – no, I, I don't think they're connected. But, yes, I know that, that that Ole Miss is working hard on the A&M transfer, Walter Nolan, and um, I don't know anything about it. If, if they're about to sign him or if they're second or third or fourth or fifth, I don't know at all. I, I know they're trying because they should. But, no, I don't think him sticking with Arkansas means that – Ole Miss is about to get that guy. I think they wanted them both. But Arkansas couldn't let that dude go. I mean, they are lacking so far in momentum. I wouldn't be surprised if they overpaid for him. Do I think the reason Kiffin is still using the portal as much is because it's worked out more often so far? Uh, absolutely. And, I mean, let's be honest. So Ole Miss can't consistently sign top five classes every year. They just They don't have the financial resources to do that. And and they don't have like, you know, Mississippi produces a lot of talent, but you still have state here, and and so you've got you've got to be creative at a place like Ole Miss, uh, and, and they're being creative and it's working. But they'll sign. I mean, they'll sign a top twenty high school class this year as well. So I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if if it's Ole Miss or Oregon leading for for Walter Nolan right now. I have no idea. I don't know. But that would have to be Kiffin's most signature recruit transfer or high school if they land him. Um, I, I think it's Jackson Dart because quarterback is the most important, especially a good one. But, yeah, that would be the, the highest profile and the biggest national win, 100%. That, that would be, you know, one player in recruiting doesn't translate to wins, right? You've got to get a lot of players in recruiting consistently, and you have to coach them up and win. Ask Texas A&M what just getting players does for you. Nothing, right? You've got to coach them up and win with them. But that would be a very much like, I'm speaking from Kiffin's perspective here, a quote, I have arrived here, end quote, moment, if they are able to get him. If they can pull that off, that's a, Ole Miss has arrived now. Like, they are a player for national guys now. That would be a big statement. It was the first SEC game next season. The schedule leaked, didn't it? Let me see. Um, I thought I sent that cell, I sent that to myself. Let's see. Uh, it's Kentucky, right? So it's Furman, Middle Tennessee, at Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky on October 5th as, uh, as the first SEC game next year because that schedule leaked. Yeah, thanks to the uh, alumni calendar, I think is what it was that leaked the schedule. But uh, yeah, we'll get the whole thing on Wednesday, I believe. Only the Egg Bowl date is up in the air, but you'd guess Thanksgiving. It sounds like it's thanks Thanksgiving. What does Ole Miss need on defense in the portal? Every position. Um, but that, that's, that's relative because they don't need 
need a linebacker anymore because they got one, right? Um, they need depth. That that would certainly help. But um, need an edge rusher. Uh, I, I think Ivy's going to be back. So you've got Ivy, Pegues. You, you need an edge rusher. Um, that, I mean, they've already got secondary help. They're going to get some more. But I think what's going to happen is is the the Chris Paul signing is going to to fly under the radar this offseason just because of the timing of everything else. Um, I mean, a, a dude with multiple years of starting experience in the SEC and playing at a really solid uh, to high level is is kind of going to be overlooked in all this, especially when they get a guy like Juice and if they're in the game on Nolan. Um, but that that was a big time pickup. Need some O line studs to take full advantage of the skill position, guys. Priest Corn coming back is huge. Yes, they the offensive line is the most important. <laughs> I'm a little behind on messages, but yeah, the committee killed your entire stance for why you don't like expansion. Not much of a leg to stand on now. It's a business, even more so now than ever. The committee made a business decision against Florida State. They did. They did. Um, here's what I'll say about state and, and NIL money and being competitive. Um, now it's time to prove it, right? If uh, if that is true, and you know, I have no reason not to believe the, the people that are talking about how much money they have. I have been given no reason not to believe that. Okay, so if it's true, it's time to prove it, right? And the way to prove it is via transfer portal. There, there's so much talk about how much money collectives have, and oh, it's it's not 15 million, it's 17 million, or it's not 15, it's actually seven, and it, like all this debate about how much money a school has. There's no need to debate it. You can believe people like me or like Hey Dad if you want to, or you cannot believe us because all you need to know is who they sign. That'll tell you how much money they have, who they can retain, and who they sign. It's that simple. Can you keep your players and can you bring in better ones? If that answer is yes, you're well-funded, you got a lot of money. If you're not able to do that, you don't have as much money as you've been telling people. It's really that simple. So um, I, I don't know how much money State has. I know what what I have been told. And if that is true, they will start getting portal guys. They will start upgrading their roster. And if they don't really start upgrading their roster, it leads you to believe that they don't have that as much money as they've said. We will just have to see. Do I think Penn State will have more opt-outs? Isn't there a tackle that they're expecting to opt-out? I think that's I think that's right. State's four SEC games. Yeah, they didn't get any favors here. On the road or Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, and Ole Miss. That is brutal. That is brutal. And getting Florida at home it could, yeah, I, I don't expect Florida to be particularly good this year. Is it out who State plays uh, before the Egg Bowl? Um, I think I can tell you. I I can tell you if it's a non-conference game. That's for sure. 2024. So 11-2 would not be before the Egg Bowl, right? Right. That would be like 11-14. So... Um, no, I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but it is not. Um, it's not going to be a non-conference game. So, uh, yeah, he picked eight and four. In fairness, I I said seven and five. So, what's up, man? How are you? Glad to see you. Arkansas fans are not happy to lose Chris Paul Jr. to Ole Miss. Their fans can sulk all they want, but they continue to tolerate being the doormat in the conference, just not serious about football. I mean, what have they been for the last decade? Uh, Sam Pittman's answer about what he can do to bring excitement back to Arkansas football. I mean, the, the most softball question you could possibly get and an opportunity to try to sell to your fans that it's not all bad and you say, I don't know. That was a horrible, horrible answer. I've, I'm sure he regrets it, but man. Mm. I mean, what can you expect after that? 
as a player, you're listening to your coach saying, I don't know what to do, or I don't know what I'm going to do, or I don't know how to get us back on track. Yeah, no thanks. The welcoming of Petrino was laughable to you. It's very, very weird. Um, I don't have a favorite college girls lacrosse team. So don't have one. Ole Miss is a straight-up better football program than Arkansas, and it's not close right now. It's not. You're right. It's not debatable. It is not debatable at all. On the rivalry front, when a coach's son is negatively commenting on recruits' IG that's committed to the rival, they aren't unbothered. Here's what I'll say about that, though. Um, I saw too many adults in like having reactions to what a 14-year-old, I think he is, said on Instagram. And I need to be careful here. It just, he, he's a child. It, it, I don't think that anybody should do the moral superiority, they're obsessed thing when you're talking about what a child says on social media, especially when his dad's a football coach. You know, I just, I think that that should be something that adults don't get bothered by in, in any, or have any reaction to. Again, I mean, what is he, 14? Maybe he's 15 now. He's a child. I don't know. Uh, forgive me if I'm sounding condescending. I really don't mean to be. It's just, you know, I saw some people talking about that and it's just, he's, he's a child. He's a kid. Um, you know, talk about Lane's tweets all day long, and that's all fair game. But his his kid shouldn't cause you to react in, in any way. But what do I know about the offensive line health for Ole Miss going into the Peach Bowl? I don't expect um, Pettis to play, but if Williams doesn't hit the portal, he should play. Like, he'd be healthy enough to if he does not hit the portal and leave. Only pushback you'd give on the SEC being down is that you think the bottom of the conference was down, but I am right about the perception being there because of Ole Miss and Missouri at the top. And that's really what I was getting at. The, the perception would be different. It would be. The pettiness seems to spike the most during recruiting for some reason. Maybe it's because there's nothing else going on. That's exactly uh, what it is. Nothing else is going on. LSU is still going to win 10 games. Tennessee 9, Auburn and Florida have been mid to bad for a couple years now. Um, Yeah, you know, Daniels, I would have voted for him for Heisman if I had a vote for Heisman. But it is pretty wild that he did. And I I know why this happened. Uh, Okay, so I had a couple people on Twitter. I was like, yeah, because their defense was bad. That's my point. LSU, LSU had a quarterback that had the arguably the best statistical season ever when you look at QBR and stuff like that, his uh, yards and efficiency against Power 5 teams and teams with winning records and all that. Statistically, he may have just had the best season in college football history when you look at strength of schedule, efficiency, stuff like that. Best ever, possibly. You could argue it. And they lost three games. At LSU, they lost three games because their defense for another year is bad. That should never happen at LSU. And then Brian Kelly's answer about how he doesn't think the answer is via portal, that he thinks it's you know, high school recruiting and, and coaching better is, is interesting. For sure. Is LSU down if they went 10 and 3 with a Heisman winner? Well, what if they, Chase or Edward, what if they were 10 and 2 right now? Would they be down? If they were 10 and 2 right now, would they would they be down this year? If, if you just change one result, if they win the Ole Miss game, would they be down? Nobody would say that. Skipping a few. 
you think the two guys that State has in the running back room, David especially, are much better suited to the scheme than to the scheme State is, State is going to do. I cannot read tonight. Sorry, guys. Marks will be a good back somewhere. Yes, he will. He's a good back. Couldn't stay healthy. God bless the kid. I mean, just could not, could not stay healthy. And, and that's his issue, man. I, I mean, I, I, I admired the way he played. I mean, he was tough and he played through injury and, and went healthy. He was really, really good. It's just he was never healthy, man. And it, you know what they say that the best ability is availability, and he was never available. And I hate to say it like that, but it's true. You know, a good player, but. Yep, you can't be attached to players. I mean, that having a hard time with it, I understand. I, I truly understand. But, you know, uh, Levy's going to go after a, a handful of running backs, I assume. And so when when you sign the new guy, appreciate the fact that he's wearing your uniform now. You know, uh, it's, it's sad that Marks is gone, but be excited about the new guy. Hypothetically, would State fans welcome back Will Rogers to be the quarterback again this year with what the rebuild and portal is? Here's my counterpoint, though. And I, I don't – Blake Shapin's more talented than Will Rogers. I've ne- But I feel bad saying this because he's a, a wonderful dude. I've never thought that – I've, I've thought that they could be better at quarterback for years now. I think that I've really just not been particularly high on the ceiling at that position lately. Raw talent, one was in a system that allowed for numbers. Look at the quarterbacks that have played for Mike Leach and the numbers that they have put up and look at where they are and what they did after. Like he takes, unta- or took, God rest his soul, he took untalented quarterbacks and made them put up gaudy 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 numbers will rogers cannot operate jeff levy's system he can't he can't do it it it, it would never work it would never work a friend just sent me this apparently my title are you guys seeing this my title on youtube says harry potter is that am i being trolled right now that's hilarious though (laughs) i don't i don't know I I mean, that's not what I scheduled it to say. So, seems like the tread is off the tires on Marks. Good player, but he's taking a beating. Yeah, I, I agree. Can we give some love to Keith Carter? Yeah, Ole Miss Athletics is in the best position it's been possibly ever. Uh, is Priest Corn staying? Yes. Yes, he is. He announced it on Twitter. Um. You've heard Seth Davis tore his ACL against Southern Miss, which is a shame because you think he will be really good in this offense, but probably have to wait a year to get him back at 100%. Calling LSU's defense this year just bad is still giving them too much credit. That's a good point. That's a good point. Full Miss keeps Harris and picks up Juice Dart. Better pick up his passing game. Of course, having two such receivers on the field couldn't help but up Dart's game. Um, he definitely took a step forward this year. Uh, the, the injuries at the end of the year and, and line play limited what he could have been, but he clearly took a step forward from, from last year to this year. Um, and his numbers for passes that travel more than 20 yards downfield were really, really good, really good. Um, he certainly can get better. I mean, there's room for improvement still, but he did take a gigantic step forward from last season to this season, I think. The defense continuing to be an issue will put tons of pressure on Brian Kelly. Can't field a super elite offense every season. And we're talking about LSU, man. We're talking about LSU. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. Freaking LSU. And yeah, you're right. The difference between 9-3 and three and 10 is, and ten and 2 is he didn't get the ball back in time. And what would the narrative be about the SEC had he had, you know? If Ole Miss gets juice, Aiden Williams would transfer. Maybe so. You just you can't be worried about that. I mean, I I I know that 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 has changed and college football has changed, but you just you can't you can't worry about if a guy that's ne- that hasn't given you anything to to date 
is going to leave if you add a guy that will give you something. You know what I mean? It's just it's more win now than ever. And as we talked about last time uh, on this stream, Ole Miss is in a position to go win now. And so if that, in fact, happens, which I don't know if he'll leave. I have no idea. But if signing Juice will cause him to transfer, so be it. it that So be it. it uh, that is what it is. So I got to run, guys. I appreciate you so much. Enjoy your football tonight. Again, as I said at the beginning, um, the loser of this game will very likely have to win a road playoff game in New Orleans or in Tampa Bay or in Atlanta. That is that is rough. That is really, really rough. Y'all have a good night. I'll see you. Um, oh, man. So the schedule is Wednesday, right? Wednesday? We'll do it Wednesday. So I'll see you Wednesday. I'll do a video between now and then. Uh, but Wednesday instead of Tuesday, Wednesday night, we will do a live reaction to the schedule release on Wednesday. See y'all then. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, schedule release day. Uh, I'll see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.